Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Because We Went to Therapy podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Ashley. And today we're going to kick off the podcast with a new segment we were thinking about kickstarting here called, uh, well, I guess the name is still in the works. Let us know what you think of it. But we were thinking (laughs) uh, mental health pop culture moment of the week. And today I noticed that with the Winter Olympics going on, I was reading some articles about how Team USA is now taking a proactive approach for mental health in the Beijing Games. I know everybody's really familiar with the Summer Olympic Games this past year with Simone Biles um, getting the twisties and having to pull out of some Olympic events because her mental health was just not there. And I know a lot of other athletes have since spoken out about that. And I noticed that with this uh, current Olympic cycle, Team USA is making sure that everybody on Team USA, including coaches and family of the athletes, they're all getting mental health support. They are all getting access to licensed therapists. And they are also working on more like team building activities and having movies and games and things while the athletes are in the Olympic Village. I know it's extra difficult right now with COVID and quarantine and just the added stress of athletes not having their family and friends there in Beijing to support them and also just being afraid of having their Olympic dreams shatter the thing that they've worked for for basically their entire lives because if they test positive for COVID then they just don't even have a shot of competing so major props to Team USA for that one. Yeah, that's so awesome. Obviously, I love hearing anything that has to do with increasing mental health, access to mental health. I did notice, too, in the article they were talking about how they didn't, you know, previous um, athletes did not reach out because they weren't in crisis. And so something Mm -hmm. that they wanted to do is say, well, just because you're not in crisis doesn't mean you don't deserve support around your mental health. Um, And it kind of ties into actually what we're going to talk about today, toxic positivity, because they were saying, well, it wasn't that, our mental health wasn't that bad. And it's like, well, something doesn't have to be that bad in order for you to reach out for help. Um, So yeah, we're going to talk all about toxic positivity today. And we are really excited because I think this is a topic that has recently been being talked about more, but I definitely think we could keep the conversation going around toxic positivity. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And just to that point, I think that it's really prevalent, not just with these high level athletes, but with anybody thinking that they have to wait to kind of go to therapy Mm -hmm. or to reach out for help until it's just unbearable and they just can't go on anymore, which I like to think of therapy more as maintenance for myself. Like I'm just going in for, you know, how you get a physical once a year, get checkups. I just like to go to therapy even when something is not necessarily going wrong, just having it on my schedule, knowing that I can keep my mental health in check every week or every two weeks, whatever it turns out to be. Yeah, that's actually what the article said. They said, we're here for prevention and maintenance of mental health, and I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So props again to Team USA, and hopefully some other countries uh, take note as well, and it's really helpful to the athletes. I think it's cool that even the coaches and the athletes' families get to use those resources as well because therapy can often be expensive for some people, and especially with athletes and their families not being able to go with them and see them and support them and being literally half a world away from Beijing, I'm sure that's really stressful too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. Yes, we need more access to mental health. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode on toxic positivity, and let's get into it. So Emily, could you give us a definition of toxic positivity? Yes, absolutely. So there's probably a lot of definitions of toxic positivity, but um, an official one from the University of Wisconsin Medicine describes toxic positivity as involving dismissing negative emotions and responding to distress with false reassurances rather than empathy. It comes from feeling uncomfortable with negative emotions. So, for example, you might see that in everyday life as somebody telling you to just stay positive, you know, other people have it a lot worse, 
good vibes only. It's very prominent, I feel like, especially on social media these days and in pop culture, especially. We're just constantly inundated with, you know, grind culture and being the best version of yourself, which can definitely be toxic. Definitely, definitely. There's so many examples of toxic positivity, and I feel like we as people have all given a toxic positivity type of answer to somebody else or type of advice to somebody else. Um, and so actually later in the episode, we're going to get into, well, how do you respond to people and to yourself with empathy rather than toxic positivity? Uh, but before we did that, we wanted to talk about how toxic positivity often makes you feel like you're bad or wrong for feeling different emotions like sadness, anger, stress, anxiety, and so that can really have a negative effect on our mental health if we think that really, really normal emotions are bad or wrong to feel. Mm -hmm. Especially when somebody you go up to somebody and you're telling them your problems or you're confiding in them and they just tell you something like, oh, just try to stay positive or it'll get better. I mean, I don't think that advice is ever realistically worked for anybody and I know that oftentimes it doesn't come from a place of malice or Mm -hmm. they want you to feel badly it's just possibly an ignorance if they don't know what to say we aren't well equipped to respond to people coming in giving us heavy burdens or telling us uh, their negative emotions which is fine so Yeah, we definitely wanted to go over how you yourself can make sure that you're not falling into this toxic positivity trap. Mm -hmm. I know, it's kind of a mouthful. Yeah, Um, it is. (laughs) But yeah, it's a really good point to mention that most people aren't trying to be toxic when they respond to you in, you know, those types of sayings. Like, oh, don't be sad, or oh, it'll all be okay, or oh, just look on the bright side of things. Like, most people are just trying to be uplifting, but... As Ashley said, sometimes people just don't know what to say, and so that those are like the very common things that they say. And I think people don't understand that it does have such a negative impact on our mental health to feel and to think that oh, I must be something must be wrong with me if I feel this way, right? Like I have so many clients who are like, well, I shouldn't be feeling anxious, or I shouldn't be depressed, or I shouldn't be feeling this way, or I should be doing X, Y, and Z. And it, it, it's like if you're already depressed or anxious and then somebody is like well you shouldn't be that way how like that just makes sense that we would be upset when someone says that to us right like we don't need to feel that way on top of what we're already experiencing Mm -hmm. it really makes no sense because when somebody's like oh just think positive thoughts like you think I haven't tried that already (laughs) you think I haven't just tried to be positive or tried to be happy like if I if that worked I wouldn't be here talking to you Exactly. Well, and that goes to a really hurt, not hurtful, but really, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word to describe what te- what that response does to somebody. Um, well, it feels like a lack of empathy, I would say. Like, they don't understand where you're coming from. Like, they're almost, even if they don't mean to, minimizing your issues mm-hmm. or your feelings and emotions. And like I said, I think we've all been on the side of, you just didn't know what to say, so you automatically say, just be positive or just try to be happy or it'll get better. But again, that's just not helpful in any way. Right. It's not helpful because it goes to the assumption that you can control your negative thoughts, right? And it is, nothing's more, uh, or your feelings, your negative thoughts or the feelings, and nothing's more human than experiencing um, negative thoughts or experiencing emotions, right? Because we all have them. Nobody is exempt from them. So when somebody says good vibes only or positive thoughts only, it's like, well, what's wrong with me then? Like if I'm having these negative thoughts or these hard to feel emotions and there must be something wrong with me. And the reality is that there's something wrong with toxic positivity. There's nothing wrong with you because it's really normal to have negative thoughts and it's really normal to feel anxious or depressed or sad or lonely or any of the other types of quote-unquote negative emotions. Right, and M, do you have a certain way to reframe these negative emotions with your clients or kind of rename them? 
Yeah. You know, I, um, I'm i super big on there are no bad emotions. Like, they're, all emotions are messengers, which means they tell us that, hey, something's going on. Can you pay attention to me for a second here? Um, so typically, though, I like to talk about the quote-unquote negative emotions as harder to feel. Because in, in, I think it's honest to say that nobody likes to feel sad. Nobody likes to feel depressed. Nobody likes to feel angry. Like, those, they don't feel good. Right, So when I'm talking to my clients and trying to help them understand their emotions, instead of saying negative or positive emotions, I like to say, well, it's okay to talk about how those emotions can be harder to feel. Right, like it's it's pretty easy to feel happy. It's pretty easy to feel excited. Like you're, those are good, right? Like good things to feel, not good versus bad, but they, they feel good to feel. And so, but oftentimes the harder to feel emotions don't feel good to feel. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's really applicable, especially with people with mental health conditions, whether it be anxiety or OCD and having intrusive thoughts and maybe these, quote, feelings that you don't necessarily have control over when they first, Mm -hmm. you know, pop into your mind. So toxic positivity can really range from, you know, you're just talking to your friend about how you're really stressed about how you have a test coming up and you don't feel prepared for it. And they could say something like, Oh, it'll be fine. Like, yeah, you'll get over it or whatever. Or it could be something as serious as somebody with OCD telling you about their intrusive thoughts and them not thinking that you're taking them seriously enough, even though it's something that they really don't have any control over. So it really um, covers a wide range of emotions and spectrums. Yeah, that's really well said, and that's important to know is that, yeah, toxic positivity is not just, you know, the things we see on Instagram about, you know, no excuses or, you know, grind culture, as Ashley mentioned before, but it's also really serious when it comes to our mental health and when somebody's minimizing or um, giving a lack of empathy or not, not not trying to be there in a way that's actually helpful and again we don't fault anybody who doesn't truly understand how to respond because I don't think that we're taught how to give each other empathy Um, and we struggle to give ourselves empathy right so it can be hard to give other people empathy but it really can be detrimental when we minimize somebody's experience whether that is from being anxious about a test to yeah having intrusive thoughts in their OCD or having manic episodes or whatever they might be going through. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I've certainly noticed an uptick in my own social media. I mean, the only social media that I'm really on is Pinterest. But <laughs> even just on my For You page and the constant barrage of videos and pictures on there of like live how to live your best life or how to be, quote, that girl or how to yeah. get on that gym grind or whatever it may be. And I think especially for younger women and, like, the very impressionable teenagers and women in college as well, there's always this idea, especially in our generation, M, I think there's always this idea that you have to be doing so much all the time and you have to be, like, the best version of yourself all the time. And I think that that is definitely stemming from toxic positivity culture. I mean, the phrases like good vibes only, for example, have really become slogans on t-shirts while Mm -hmm. we were young adults and, you know, like it's a beautiful day to be alive and all these kind of kitschy catchphrases that maybe these influencers and people on TikTok and social media mean well, but... Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily, just because you're not doing all of the, ha- you know, hashtag quote that girl things right. in your day, doesn't mean that you're any less of a productive human being. Right. And that is something that is super important to understand is that toxic positivity and productivity culture are really closely linked. And there's this idea that our society has created that you're better or you're good if you are more productive or if you, you know, only think good thoughts or if you only have positive emotions or positive experiences, right? And, like, that 
would be so hard if that was the, I mean, that is the standard, right? That we put on ourselves and that we put on other people to always be positive and always be productive. And it's just not attainable, right? Like that's not the best way to live your life. The best way to live your life, I mean, there's many ways, but I think one of the ways is to accept that you're going to feel all emotions and there's nothing more Mm -hmm. human than feeling all emotions and that you don't have to be doing something all the time to be considered you know, a quote-unquote good person or to be considered better than other people, right? Because I think that's the message that it often sends is that if you're super productive you're, or if you're, you know, quote-unquote that girl as we keep talking about, then you're somehow better. And that that's just a negative message to be sending to each other in the world. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I like that you brought up that it's very closely aligned with productivity culture because if you, I hate going on LinkedIn because it's just like a cesspool circle jerk of people talking about like their accomplishments. Like I saw this meme a couple weeks ago that said people on LinkedIn are like, never take a vacation, always neglect your family, and you can be as successful as me, a mid-level manager at State Farm. Which is like, not to rag on people that, you know, are mid-level managers by any means, no. but it... I mean, I remember in college, it's like anytime somebody would get an internship or a part-time job or pick up an extra credit hour, it was like you put it on Facebook immediately. You put it on LinkedIn immediately because we're constantly trying to one-up each other. We're constantly trying to show our accomplishments, and that's not something that's been around forever. You know, if you had an accomplishment 50 years ago, you had to send you know, tell your friend about it over the phone or by mail or something, you couldn't just pop up and tweet about it. So we're constantly inundated with other people's accomplishments and, you know, comparing ourselves to them as well on a real-time basis. Right, right. Yeah, that that's a funny um, meme on LinkedIn or wherever you saw that. <laughs> because, well... I definitely think it's important to celebrate our wins and our accomplishments. Like I tell my clients that it, they should be celebrating themselves more because a lot of a lot of them don't. But it's also like, what's the intention behind you posting on social media, right? Is the intention to be like, I'm really proud of myself for doing this? Amazing, right? Or is the intention to be like, well, I want to show everyone that I'm continuing to one up everyone else, right? It's And it really does play into that productivity or that, you know, toxic positivity culture. Like, we must keep going. We must keep doing. And it doesn't, like, that meme, like, that. where was the rest? Where was the spending time with friends and family? Where was the taking care of yourself? Like, where was all the other really important aspects of life that sometimes toxic positivity and very much so productivity culture can neglect? Right. And I think that's a way that you can check yourself as well. Is before you post something or before you say something, think, am I doing this to make myself feel better and celebrate myself and my accomplishments or to let everybody else know that I did this mm-hmm. thing? And is that fully necessary or can I just like have a little, you know, be happy for myself and be content in that? And I'm not on social media anymore and I haven't been for a little over a year now. And that's something I really noticed once I got off as I stopped having to constantly compare where I was at in my life to everybody else, whether it was their fitness journeys or where they were traveling to or what they were doing with work. And I could just fully focus on myself and I didn't have to constantly see other people's projection onto social media of how they Mm -hmm. wanted to kind of look like their life was like. And if anybody's struggling with comparing themselves or having FOMO, especially with people on social media or people you don't even know I highly recommend just like getting off for even a week or two is so helpful to just kind of help you refocus on what's important absolutely absolutely yeah I think it is a good way to check yourself and um, also to focus on what is important and um, also like I feel like social media, especially like Instagram, um, are they're highlight reels, right? Now a lot of right. creators will talk will talk about this, and I think it's awesome that um, it's being more normalized to talk about how Instagram is a highlight reel and some other apps out there, um, because 
you only see the you know the quote unquote positive things that are going on in someone's life. Like you rarely see a post about someone's struggles. And a lot of times, if you're on like mental health Instagram, like you follow a lot of mental health Instagrams, you will see things like that. But if you're just following like celebrities or athletes or other people like that, you're likely just going to see positive things. And there's nothing wrong with those things, right? It's just what is it serving you to only see those types of things and to see a lot a lot of things about you know just think happy thoughts or just get up at 6 a.m and work out and you'll feel better like a lot of things that send the wrong messages when it comes to how to take care of ourselves and how to you know have a mindset that's healthy around you know obviously because we have to get things done in our um in our society, right, and especially as adults, we have a lot going on for us, and how to also know that it's okay to rest, and it's okay to be sad, and it's okay to experience a range of emotions and different experiences that aren't always happy or aren't always positive. Mm-hmm, definitely, and you got to keep in mind that a lot of those people that you see living the ideal lives on Instagram are people that are paid full-time to make it seem like they are doing <laughs> so. It's not necessarily a reflection of how their everyday looks, and I feel like social media, especially Instagram, can oftentimes be either like the absolute best parts of somebody's life or they put on the absolute worst. You know, it's two extremes. Mm-hmm. It's never just like the mundane daily tasks relatable things in the middle it's either the best thing that's ever happened to them or it's really bad news or a breakdown which is unfortunate to see as well Mm -hmm. but um definitely something to keep in mind with social media and another thing that i noticed that a lot of people say is oh you know everybody has the same 24 hours in a day and that's oh how they attribute <laughs> their success, which is just not true. I mean, people have different jobs. They work different shifts. Some people have kids. Some people don't. Some people are living in poverty. Some people are very much not. It, it's just all, It's not even a little bit accurate, and I really hate when I see that come up on my timeline. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, lots of people have been talking, you know, kind of calling out the bullshit that that slogan or whatever you want to call it entails Mm -hmm. because, yeah, well, everyone obviously does have the same 24 hours in the same day. (laughs) How that time is allocated and spent is so different, right? If you have a single parent who's working two jobs and getting her, you know, or or their kids to school, and then they're also going to their first job and then picking up their kids and then going to their second job. You know, when do they have time to start a side hustle or work right. out or, you know, eat um, three nutritious meals a day? Like, it's just not the same versus somebody who is, you know, more privileged to be able to go to a gym at, you know, 6 a.m. or go to the gym after work, right? There's just so many different things that go in to somebody's life and how they can structure it. So just to say something as simple-minded as everyone has the same 24 hours in the in the day in their day just neglects so much that there is to different people's experiences and lives Mm -hmm. absolutely it's very black and white thinking absolutely and I think toxic positivity is very black and white thinking right like you you either say this is good or this is bad this is negative or this is positive and you know, we sort of touched on all or nothing thinking in our last episode, but it's true that toxic positivity really does center around black or white thinking or all or nothing thinking. Like I can, good vibes only. Like that's a very strict way of saying (laughs) that you can not have quote unquote bad vibes. And like who even knows what good vibes versus bad bad vibes mean, but especially when it comes to our emotions, if we are saying that we can only have good emotions, well, good luck. Because that's just not possible right. when we're human. When we're in the middle of a freaking pandemic, how are we only supposed to have positive emotions? Like, it's pretty ridiculous if you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. And when people say, like, oh, I got bad vibes from that person, or I didn't like the vibes that they brought, I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I have anxiety. I have bad vibes, like, radiating out of my body at all time. <laughs> like, I constantly have anxiety. So if I went off feeling if somebody had good or bad vibes I would literally never leave my house so it's just such a toxic way of thinking like 
of course there is something to say about like if your adrenaline starts pumping or it's your instincts and you are really in a dangerous situation but 99 percent of the time it's like maybe that person's just having an off day or you know if you look sure. at me and i'm not smiling like everyone tells me i have resting bitch face and i'm like it's not a choice it's just my face it's just my eyes i mean right it doesn't mean right. i don't like you or i'm in a, you know radiating bad vibes it's just right it'd be like that sometimes <laughs> <laughs> it does and i'm really glad you mentioned choice because something i talk to my clients a lot about is that I don't believe that we get to choose what we think or what we feel, right? Those are responses to our environment. While we absolutely can control what we do with the emotion, right? We could, If we're angry, we could go punch someone in the face or we could go talk to right. a friend about our emotion. Like, we could do get a choice what we do with our emotions, but our emotions are just a reaction to our present and past environments or experiences, right? And so when you say things like, that entail toxic positivity you're making it seem like people have a choice to be happy and that's just not the case absolutely can we absolutely do things to create more um positive change in our life or more change or anything like that absolutely like i'm a therapist of course i believe that we can do things to help ourselves yet it's not a choice if we're feeling really down or if we're feeling for you know if we're experiencing eating disorder or um ocd or depression right those those aren't choices and so those messages are so detrimental mm-hmm. absolutely i think that's something that we should definitely cover in a future episode as well is intrusive thoughts because i didn't even realize what intrusive thoughts were until probably the last year or so and realizing Mm -hmm. that there is so much that you know ideas that just pop up in your mind and thoughts that you have absolutely no control over but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have any sort of hold over you or they have any meaning behind them at all right right yeah absolutely we can talk about intrusive thoughts in a later episode Um, but essentially if you have intrusive thoughts one you're very normal because a lot of people experience those and two your intrusive thoughts and i know this is going to sound cheesy but your intrusive thoughts absolutely do not define you if we have on average eighty thousand thoughts a day i believe so if our thought if our one intrusive thoughts or our four or five intrusive thoughts defined us then yikes that would you know put us into a very small box of a human being because we're just we're so much more than the you know the sometimes scary and upsetting intrusive thoughts that we have mm-hmm. right like just another be... way of not understanding yeah absolutely like you you don't understand what somebody's going through until you talk to them about it right and so saying very um small-minded or small you know very enclosed types of statements with toxic positivity you just assume things or you try to minimize them or brush them off without really understanding them like imagine if a client came to me and was like I had a really hard time last week at my in-laws because they were saying really horrible things to me and I was just like that doesn't sound that bad or you know you know other people have it a lot worse like you probably wouldn't come back and see me as a therapist because it's pretty horrible horrible things to say and I see that in my clients a lot. Like, they tell me, like, oh, it wasn't that bad, or I should be over it by now, or I'm super weak for showing emotion, or I shouldn't be feeling this way. Or One of the biggest things I hear, especially as a trauma therapist, is other people have it worse. And I know you mentioned that earlier, Ashley, but it's something Mm -hmm. that shows up so much in the therapy room. It's like, well, my trauma couldn't have been that bad because other people have it worse, or things like that. And it's the problem with that is that there are – always going to be things that are quote unquote worse right like there's poverty there's homelessness there's so many horrible things in the world that if we sat there and tried to compare every experience we have someone would always have it worse right or someone would always have right. it better right and so that statement it really does nothing for you it doesn't validate it doesn't help you it invalidates and minimizes what you've been through right and it doesn't make the person that does quote-unquote have it worse feeling you better either so you're really not helping anybody and that's a thing we need to remember too is that we can have yeah we can have toxic positivity towards ourselves as well and I think that a lot of that is just like societal conditioning and always hearing it from other people and then also telling it to ourselves and 
I know, like I've told you before, even I never talked about my trauma for like 10 plus years because I just thought that it was, you know, other people had it worse or it wasn't like the worst (laughs) of all traumas, which never made me feel any better. And I just repressed it and repressed it until it was too much to handle. And Mm -hmm. like you said, I didn't help myself. I didn't help anybody else. And if you do feel like you are not getting the support that you need from maybe friends or family or people you confided in, definitely please, I encourage you to reach out to a licensed professional therapist and have somebody that can help you work through those feelings and help validate them too. Because then even in the future, after you work through it in therapy, from my experience, I'm a lot more confident um, confiding in people in my personal life about it. And... Mm -hmm not being as afraid that, you know, even if they do say something like, oh, that doesn't sound that bad or which hasn't happened, luckily, but I know that I wouldn't be as impacted as if I hadn't talked to a professional and had those feelings validated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely, because a, a, a professional can help you validate your own emotions then they can val- by validating your experiences and your emotions. And then, yeah, you get to be like, okay, well, my, you know, my therapist thinks that it's valid, so maybe it really is valid. And not that, you know, us as therapists have the, you know, end-all, be-all say in everything, but it can, yeah. be really power- can be really powerful. And I have to do this a lot, like I said, in my work as a trauma therapist, but it can be so powerful when someone's like, well, you know, I, and, you know, I don't want to trigger anybody by giving examples, but a lot of times people will describe something in their childhood or something that happened to them, you know, earlier in life, or even, you know, something that happened in a past relationship or whatnot. And I'm like, wait, you know, that is really bad, right? Like that is absolutely horrible that you had to go through that. And I swear it's, maybe it's toxic positivity culture. Maybe it's, you know, our brain's job is to protect us, so a lot of times it does minimize what we experience because that's the only way we continue with life. But I swear, the look on people's faces when I say that—it's—it's like I—it's just like their world changed because they just realized. Or you know, sometimes it takes a little bit. I'm not saying that we have these <laughs> life-changing moments yeah. every, every day or every session or whatnot. one breakthrough a session. Right, right. Every session <laughs> I'm having breakthroughs, but no, it's they just get so. Um, flabbergasted is the first word that came to mind because they're like oh wait maybe it was bad and you might be thinking like what good does it do to say oh yeah my experience were really bad and I think to Ashley's point is that then you can learn to validate yourself and you don't have all these thoughts about well you know it wasn't a big deal right and it's like well no it was a big deal and you deserve this space to work through it you deserve to heal from it and you deserve to know that what happened to you or, you know, what you're going through is hard or it wasn't okay or whatever you need to hear about that experience, you deserve that. And that's why I think it's so important for us to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I can just off the top of my mind liken that to instances in pop culture where a lot of times we think, oh, just because somebody seems successful or happy now, for example, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, Kim Kardashian and after she went through her robbery a couple years ago, which was obviously mm. extremely traumatic and would be for absolutely any human on earth that had to go through that. And people are like, oh, you know, she still is rich. She still has all this stuff. And it's like, that doesn't discount anybody's trauma. That doesn't mean that it's not as deeply hurtful and traumatic as it would be to anybody else and that's the thing is even if you had something happen to you in your childhood and you're 45 now and you are living a mostly happy life that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that doesn't at all discount those experiences and you can still be having residual feelings from those so just having Mm -hmm. those validated like you said is absolutely helpful Mm -hmm. very powerful and yeah that's a great example um, of how people are like well she's still famous and she still has millions of dollars and it's like well that's not the point right like she went through something awful and she deserves to have that validated just like we all deserve to have what we've been through validated as hard you know if it was for us and we deserve to have our feelings validated because just like how 
we are all trauma does not discriminate and just how trauma doesn't discriminate between if you're you know white black poor wealthy like trauma can happen to anybody right Mm -hmm. and so it's important that we realize that and it's also important that we realize it's so normal to have all types of emotions right quote unquote Mm -hmm. negative ones too it's really really common to feel all that and it's so important to not only validate that we're having those experiences but then also to learn to accept that and that can be a challenge I think that would be one of the most challenging parts of my work is getting people to accept that it's okay to feel all different types of ranges of emotions Uh, but that that is really important yeah I agree and playing off of that I think having toxic positivity be so prevalent really minimizes our ability to empathize with other people and to understand mental health and maybe where somebody is coming from because when we're constantly telling other people just be positive or it'll get better then we start telling ourselves that and we Mm -hmm. just totally discount the fact that it could be something that's out of our control like anxiety or depression or it could be something that possibly uh, prescribed medication could help or uh, lifestyle change, something like that, something that's a lot bigger than we're able to handle just on our own. Absolutely. There are so many things out of our control and so many things, like you said, Ashley, that we can't handle on our own. And so if we get those messages and we tell ourselves those messages that you should be able to just think your way out of this or you should be able to just move on from it, that's another thing that comes up a lot is that people are like well why can't I get over this it was 20 years ago it was 10 years ago it was five years ago and it's like well maybe because you keep telling yourself that it wasn't a big deal you keep telling yourself that you shouldn't feel this way instead of just accepting that and I say this and I know it's all very hard so I don't mean to say that it's easier or whatnot but you're not accepting that it happened to you or that you're not accepting that it was out of your control you're not accepting that these things are normal whatever it is Mm-hmm. Right, and, and do you see this come up a lot in talk therapy with your clients, the kind of toxic positivity and minimize, or possibly, I know we've talked about individuals minimizing their own emotions, but have you noticed it with people saying, oh, my family or friends or whomever minimize my emotions in this way? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think a lot of times, well, I mean, from early on birth, right, a lot of... Uh, when you're a toddler or whatnot, a lot of parents would be like, shh, it's okay, don't cry, don't cry, like, don't be sad, it's okay, it's okay, and well, obviously those are well-intended things, because as a parent, nobody likes to see their child cry, I imagine, and at the same time, we're, we're taught from such an early age that it's not okay to feel these things, right, and so it goes mm-hmm. way back, so these things are ingrained in us from, you know, as soon as we can understand what our parents are telling us if our parents tell us that or if society tells us that right like oh don't be sad or oh it's not a big deal so absolutely people come in with these messages from their parents their caregivers from school from society whatever it is and then they have a hard time validating or accepting their emotions because of all these messages they've received from other people Mm -hmm. absolutely i wonder i guess i'm obviously just being a female more used to seeing it with um females on social I wonder how men deal with it as well I'm sure it could be a little bit different um just in you know places they see it come up whether it's with work or lifestyle working out things like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and I don't want to overgeneralize because obviously every man is different but a lot of times with men we see what's called intellectualizing uh, which means that they try to think their way through their feelings right by saying things like you know I um I I'm not sad I just worked out or I'm not sad I just um need to work harder or I'm not depressed I just um I'm stressed at work a lot of times they try to Mm -hmm. think through their feelings instead of understanding why they feel this way and then you know feeling them right like the phrase feel your feelings applies to everybody um Mm -hmm. but yeah I think we have a episode lined up to talk about men's mental health because it's definitely men have a higher rate of suicide than women so it's definitely something that we do want to talk about at some point yeah absolutely because I think that it's very overwhelmingly 
not talked about men's mental health especially you know I've even known men that say like having feelings is weak like female weak right female just like sissy whatever terms they use and they just totally minimize it and they think that they're supposed to just tough through everything which no doubt is just generations Mm -hmm. worth of Mm -hmm. um not understanding mental health and hammering those uh ideas into you know each and every generation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's more what you're asking before um, about toxic positivity in men, not necessarily how they um, deal with their emotions, but I think you mm-hmm. answered your <laughs> own question. Yeah. But I think that's, it's so true that I think, yeah, they're told, like, let me just toughen up, right? Like, just be tough, just be strong, don't be weak, don't feel, don't, you know, just keep pushing through, um, you know, boys don't cry or things like that. And so, yeah, I think that those are part of toxic positivity culture when it comes to men's mental health. Mm-hmm. And how do you see toxic positivity, especially around, um, like, families? Mm, yeah. You know, I could probably talk about this very complex <laughs> uh, relationship that we have with our families, but I think a lot of that times... That could be, like, a to, whole five-part series. That That's what I'm saying. Like, I could talk for hours about the relationships we have with our family of origin and the impact it has on us, and I could go on for hours. But I think when it comes to toxic positivity around families, we hear a lot of phrases like, blood is thicker than water, or, you know, quote, unquote, but they are your family, or things like, your family will always be there for you, your friends come and go, partners come and go, but your family will always be there for you. And like I said, this barely scratches the surface and it's very situational. So take this, um, take what you need from this. But I think a lot of times, sometimes our families are not there for us or sometimes our families are not healthy for us. And we have to set Mm -hmm. boundaries with them and setting boundaries with our families is very difficult. And I'm sure we'll get into that when we talk, do our boundaries episode. Um, But those phrases like that can make it feel like, even if your family's abusive to you or hurtful to you, you have to stay in relationship with them because of those phrases like blood is thicker than water, your family will always be there for you. And like I said, obviously everyone's family situation is different and there's, like everything, there's so much nuance that is involved. But I think a lot of times those messages can keep us stuck in family situations that aren't necessarily healthy or good for us. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I think that's something that, not everybody realizes is related to toxic positivity, but it Mm -hmm. absolutely is because you shouldn't have to be forced or guilted into maintaining contact with anybody that is in any way abusive or toxic towards you, whether they are related to you or not. And I think we can make our own families Mm -hmm. with our friends, with other people that we've met throughout life. And people do come in and out of our lives and, that's okay and family can come in and out of our lives as well so I that's something I definitely want to delve into in future episodes too because it's just so like you said so complex and something that I don't think a lot of people especially older generations understand mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely definitely see it within older generations and we definitely will dive into it in a later episode Before we wrap up this episode, we wanted to offer different ways to respond to people or respond to yourself, honestly, when it comes to toxic positivity. Because I think a lot of times when people are talking about toxic positivity, they're like, well, then you're just going to be negative all the time. And it's like, no, right? That's, again, black and white thinking. And there's a lot of ways that you can validate yourself and practice compassion and empathy to yourself and other people rather than giving them toxic positivity answers that or advice that we talked about earlier doesn't help them doesn't help you Mm -hmm. and do you think Emily in your professional opinion say somebody is coming to you with a heavy issue and you just aren't sure exactly how to respond in that moment say you're face to face with them so they are seeing how you're reacting is it better to just say a generalization like everything will be fine or just to step back and say like I'm sorry this is happening to you can you give me a little bit to process this and 
you know, I'll get back to you, something like that. Because I know sometimes it can be heavy when people are coming towards you. And that's like we said, you're not always purposefully trying to be toxic. It just is almost like a defense mechanism at times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And even as a professional, I don't always know what to say when someone tells me a really, really sad or traumatic story. Right? Or someone's going through something really difficult. I don't always know what to say. And I'm trained in this, right? Right. So we can't expect, you know, (laughs) non-professionals to know what to say all the time, too. So I think it can be helpful to be like, I... I want to be there for you. I just don't know how. However, I am, um, I am here for you. I just don't know what 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 the right quote unquote right thing to say is. And I think that's okay, right? Because we don't. I think that's kind of what's important is that you don't need to say the right thing to to be there for somebody and to let somebody know that what they're going through is valid. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a very empathetic response because they know that you heard them. And Mm -hmm. you're trying to meet with them at that level. So, for example, you could say something like, how would you like me to help you through this? Would you, do you just need a listening ear right now? Do you want me to help you with some errands, take some things off your plate? You know, what are some tactical things that I could help you with? Or you could say something like, you know, I love you through all your emotional states Mm -hmm. Um, you're resilient, you're not alone, I'll be there to support you no matter what, just let me know what you need, or even um, trying to validate somebody's feelings if they're upset, saying, you know, it's okay to feel this way, it's okay to cry, everybody does, can I get you anything? Again, is there something that physically or emotionally that I can help you with during this time? Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are, are all awesome ways to respond to somebody in an empathetic way and kind of a validating way as well. And I think the what I heard you saying was a lot of emphasis on what can I, how can I help you? Right? I think mm-hmm. a lot of times we say things like it's going to be okay to make ourselves feel better because it really doesn't make the other person feel better. It might make us feel better because it's like we can be uncomfortable with our. With, we can be uncomfortable with our own emotions and then also uncomfortable with other people's emotions. And so right. really putting the emphasis on how can I be there for you? And if you don't need anything from me, then I can just listen, right? And I guess yeah. that is needing something. But, yeah, I can just listen or I can just say, you know what, I'm here for you. If you do need to talk, I'm here for you. If you want to do something, you know, healthy to distract yourself or lighthearted to distract yourself. Like really a good emphasis on what – what can I do for that person? And we don't always have the right answers and that's okay. But we definitely know that telling somebody that everything's going to be okay or everything happens for a reason or it's not that big of a deal isn't helpful. Yeah. And that can even be an opportunity for you to relate to them and empathize with them on a certain level, because I've certainly had deep conversations with somebody that I wasn't necessarily planning to have. And Maybe they've gone through the exact same thing and they have actual practical advice or even just having somebody there to say like, yep, I know exactly how you're feeling and Mm -hmm. I still deal with those emotions or kind of this is how I actually got through it or felt a little bit better. Let me refer you to something that helped me to feel better, whether it be a therapist or a book or whatnot. So it's definitely an opportunity to actually meet somebody on another level as well. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely a way to connect with somebody and deepen a relationship with somebody if, you know, both of you have the capacity for that. And I think we just want to, you know, sum sum up this episode and say that there are no good or bad emotions. There are no good or bad thinking and that it's super important to be able to validate yourself and validate that you're going to have, you're going to feel every emotion. You're not going to always have positive thoughts. And that if we can practice validating ourselves, then it becomes a lot easier to validate other people's emotions because we're more comfortable with our emotions. Therefore, we can be more comfortable with other people's emotions. And we don't have to live in this culture of toxic positivity that says we should be happy all the time because that's just, hate to break it to everyone, but that's just not realistic. Right, absolutely. If you found yourself thinking like, oh, I've absolutely had these thoughts for myself or I've said those things to other people before don't be too hard on yourself you know we learn 
and we do better moving forward in the future. So hopefully now you have some extra things to, you know, throw in your repertoire and be able to use in the future when somebody comes to you with some of their issues. And we'll definitely throw some stuff up on our Instagram as well, just some resources on how to kind of better approach people's issues and different responses that you can give as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like even though we've been talking for 45 minutes, I feel like we probably barely scratched the surface, surface on yeah. toxic positivity because it's such a complex topic and there's so much that goes into it. Um, so I'm sure we'll be... Mm-hmm. But there's so many it. subtopics too sure. within it that right. we mentioned. Like, we got trauma, we got family issues, we got boundaries, <laughs> we got men's mental health. Like, we have a whole other season of stuff just based on this episode. So I feel like it was a good kind of umbrella to give the Mm -hmm. basis of all of this, Mm -hmm. and then we can dive deeper into some things in the future. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's such a good point. Well, awesome. Now let's move on to our next segment. Alrighty. Well, before we wrap up, we did want to acknowledge that the audio was a little bit rough on episode two. So if you listened, (laughs) thank you for sticking with it. And we hope that today's episode, the audio keeps improving like i mentioned in our first episode there's going to be some growing pains um so we appreciate anyone who's sticking around through our learning and growing process mm-hmm. absolutely we put out a, a lot of effort like em said into making sure the audio gets better quality every time but we are recording out of our houses so we appreciate <laughs> it <laughs> yeah we do appreciate it and You probably didn't catch any of this at the end of last episode because my volume was so low, Um, but we just wanted to emphasize if anything in this podcast, you know, um, really resonated with you or made you think, oh, I want to talk to somebody about that, we encourage you to talk to a professional, reach out if you're not already in therapy or, you know, talk to um, friends, family members, just Try not to keep it to, you know, just to yourself and reach out if you need any extra support because, yeah, there's obviously no shame in that and we definitely want to promote that here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thanks for that, Em. And we have some exciting interviews lined up for the next couple weeks, so make sure to follow us on Instagram because we went to therapy and subscribe and give us a five-star rating if you're thinking about it. All right. All right, have a great rest of your week, guys, and we'll see you next Friday. Love you, Em. Love you, Ash.